heard Paul George has a podcast now too. Podcast I'd rather listen to Paul. I'd rather <laughs> podcast P. <laughs> well done. I'd rather listen to Paul George than Chris Boucher though. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, Paul George is an interesting man. Yeah, you don't like a podcast Pete? No, I, I think he's just the fact that he like had a relationship with one of his coach, not his coaches, but his like rival's coach, his daughter. What didn't he have a thing with uh, uh, Doc Rivers' daughter? No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. No way. Paul George, Doc Rivers' daughter. Oh, Paul George repeatedly or reportedly cheated on Doc Rivers' daughter. With a stripper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yes, this sounds very familiar. And then Seth Curry is married to that daughter now. That's what I was going to say. I remember Seth Curry being involved with it. And I remember Paul George knocking up a stripper and having to pay her like a million dollars per No, he just married year? her. He just Did married he? her. Yeah, yeah now he's married. That's his maybe mama. Yeah. Or I don't know if he's married to her, but he's like with her now. No, no. No, he's married to her. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. Paul yeah, yeah, George's for wife. Sure. Daniela Rajic. Rajic. Yeah, some Croatian girl. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, good for her, man. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, and on the line, the injured Iceman sitting in the doghouse. Man, Josh Cohen, how you feeling? Feeling like Kevin Durant in the 2019 playoffs after his calf injury, whether or not, you know, oh. wondering whether or not to come back, or should I wait a few weeks, you know, so... Talk to the doctor, and uh, doctor says I do not have a clean bill of health, and thus I'm probably going to sit out for a little while. It sucks. Do we do we have Danny oh Green my. in the house? Wait, no, it wasn't Danny Green. That was Clay Thompson. My bad. My bad. That was my fault. So do we have Serge Ibaka in the house? More accurate, right? There you go. I mean, the banger sort so the of banger has the body of Serge, right? He might. He might be. Well, he's obviously a lot younger than Serge. The banger in the paint, our residential medical expert, Rajan Walia. How are you feeling? You know what? Uh, I don't want to put any bad omens like Josh did on himself there, calling himself the Kevin Durant well, uh, right before he tore his Achilles. So, Josh, you know, if I were you, I'd stay away from a ball, stay away from uh, anything that involves moving if you say you're Kevin Durant in 2019. I found this on the web. That really hurts to hear. Oh, what did you find on the web? I don't know. I, I guess... Uh, <laughs> what was that? That's Siri there. Oh, yeah. Just listening into the podcast, man. She got you. Um, yeah. Okay, here's a trick question for you guys. Which Kevin Durant would you want to be? Um, OKC, Kevin Durant, Golden State, brief stint with Brooklyn Nets, or uh, current Phoenix Suns Kevin Durant, 3-0? and Which is the ideal Kevin Durant to be in, Raj? <laughs> I guess the Kevin Durant that was like the most tolerable was the OKC Kevin Durant. Um, so, and he was still lighting up the league, putting up good numbers. They were a fun up and coming small market team. So I got to go with the, the young Kevin Durant, but yeah. I also agree. I would also take OKC Kevin Durant. And while I am OKC Kevin Durant, I would not have gone to Golden State. <laughs> I would have stayed in OKC, and I would have built my legacy there and been like, you know, Dame Lillard, but I actually would have won a championship because they were this close. Ooh. Wow, well, unsolicited shots at Dame Lillard. Okay. I didn't expect that. What if you... That wasn't a shot. I said I would have stayed just like Dame Lillard, but I would have had but more support than that on Kevin Dame Durant. Lillard. Come on now. Would Josh's, you, well, I mean, like you know, Josh's praises are also. I don't blame Dame for that. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding, right? Eh? Yeah, I guess. So. Would you have requested a trade for Dame Lillard? Maybe uh, boot out Russell Westbrook for a Dame for Dame Lillard. Oh, that might have been the move. Ooh. That would have been the move for sure. Imagine 2016, they had Dame, Cap Surge, Kevin Durant, Nick Collison, probably somehow still on the bench. <laughs> Kendrick. Kendrick Perkins before ESPN. No, please stop. Stop. We. Ugh. 
God, that guy is such a before, joke. Before calling racism on everything, Kendrick Perkins? Oh my God. This. No? <laughs> uh, okay, I, I don't want to get into Kendrick Perkins' race baiting here. No, no, no. I got to ask one thing before, before we continue. How did he not get canceled after that? He's just dumb. And he, again, like, people don't respect him. Like, like, like his basketball takes are not even remotely rooted in fact or even like logical emotions like again he's straight up delirious i mean as the white guy on the podcast i do want to point out what he said was racist yeah like it it is but it's also just like he's not only said racist stuff like he's just consistently said stupid things about the sport of basketball and more particularly the nba and I think for every one thing that he says is right, I think probably like 65 things that are wrong. It's probably like an accurate, it's like his free throw percentage or his shooting percentage. <laughs> or like every 65 offensive plays, he makes one good one, I guess. Like that's what he's used to. He's become the new Skip Bayless oh, of ESPN. Worse, worse. Whoa, I don't know about worse. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's not possible. I would uh, say yeah. it's worse. I don't, that's tough yeah, man skip is pretty skip bad is awful but yeah i don't know um kendrick is something he's something can we just go back to kevin durant i mean we haven't really talked about him since like the trade deadline right maybe a week after but he hadn't played yet came back ever since the all-star break three and oh with the phoenix suns not bad kd looking uh pretty good along the sides with devin booker and chris paul who's Playing slightly, slightly better than he was before. But that top four, man, in, in Phoenix is looking real good. And the best part of it all, guys, and I think we've talked about this a lot before, but Josh Okoji and Tory Craig look like legitimate playoff contributors to this team. So if you have a closing lineup of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Okoji, Okogi, Okoji, Durant, and then DeAndre Ayton, that's a that's a legit ass finals contender, assuming everyone's healthy. Will they be healthy? Who knows? Because Chris Paul seems to always get hurt in the playoffs, or he flames out, you know, flops his way out. But maybe he won't need to flop his way out with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant carrying him to the finals. You know what I mean, Josh? He might he might make it back and actually win something for once. I mean, watching the last three games, I've pretty much watched all the entirety of all three games so far because it's been really interesting to see how they integrate Kevin Durant and it's been seamless so far. They basically run the same sets as they did with the Nets and the Thunder and Golden State with him. Especially late in the games, they run a lot of like isolation plays or him coming off curls. And Chris Paul in the last three games has sort of reminded me of um, you know Jason Kidd circa 2011 Dallas days where he's just sort of running the offense running the you know making sure that everything runs smoothly and he's taking a lot more spot ups which he's gonna have to get used to and you know catching and going which he basically never does catching the ball on the go and then making decisions off of um you know his guy playing off him which over the course of his career just never happened because he was the guy with the ball in his hands and they you know teams would just never leave him open so it's something to adjust to. That's like that's the biggest thing I'm looking at right now, just to see how like Chris Paul adjusts to that role. And uh, you know, Kevin Durant in his three games so far, shooting like eighty percent from the field. He doesn't miss a mid range shot, so he's basically Kevin Durant. And uh, today's game was super exciting, obviously, and they've looked incredible so far with him in the fold. Yeah, but again, the over overlooking cloud on this whole team is if you look at by position in those three positions shooting guard you want to call kevin durant a small forward and and point guard they have top five talent probably in all five of those positions maybe definitely top 10 but they also have the number one most injury prone player probably in those positions in that group of top 10 like they have the most injury prone point guard who's a top 10 point guard in the playoffs yeah again they're gonna make the playoffs that's a foregone conclusion Devin Booker's actually had he's probably never played over 65 games in a very long time um and he's always had this questionable hamstring and in 
and one playoff intensity picks up and you're playing the extra four or five minutes a game and you're cutting a little harder and you're playing a little faster, not faster, but everything just has to be a bit more precise. I, I, I really question whether their longevity uh, and their their health is going to be probably the biggest limiting factor because on paper, like Josh, you mentioned, not only do they have those top four guys, like they have enough depth. I also question whether their depth have played long enough together. Like they have some pieces in Akogi, they have Tory Craig. Of course, one of them will end up starting, but um, they'll still have like players like Baisley, TJ Warren, um, Biznak Biombo had some success with Chris Paul. Like, how are you going to get all those players to give you those extra eight to ten minutes, twelve minutes in the playoff? How is that going to work? Um, Shamit as well. So I think the biggest thing for them is really to like, and it kind of works out well. They have another 15, 20 games. They just got to focus on staying healthy, not overplaying their starters and actually getting their bench players to play minutes together. Yeah. Uh, you know, definitely in terms of lineup flexibility, I think they have a lot of that. And I think in the playoffs, especially, I think a is going to be the guy that plays the most minutes out of the others besides their big four. We haven't even mentioned Aiden yet, who has played really well in the last three games. Um, defensively, he's been really solid. He's rebounded the hell out of the ball, which is basically going to be his role. And he should be shooting like 70% from the field based on the shot types that he gets with those three guys running pick and roll with him now. Um, so against a team like Dallas, like Dallas is making him take a lot of uh, three-point shots, um, especially with the guys that, as you mentioned, need to hit those shots. Like Akogi was uh, 0 for 8 from the field. From the three-point line anyway today but in previous games he was shooting like 40 percent from three and he's really good defensively like luca went uh, i think like nine for 25 or something like that today so he's gonna be the guy playing i think the majority of the minutes at that position i think tory craig will only play against like um, bigger the the bigger stronger type player even like a kogi against luca like it wasn't that big of a mismatch like, a, you know, Luca got to the line a lot on a lot of BS calls today. As usual. Um, but over... Yeah, as usual. And he actually hit them, which is surprising. Um, but Akogi just provides more uh, flexibility in that lineup because he does more things. Like, he's a great offensive rebounder. And his shot has come a long way. Like, he was not... He was a terrible shooter in Minnesota. And I really doubt he was going to stick in the league even beyond this year because early in the year he couldn't shoot at all and then midway through the season he just started like shooting the hell out of the ball and you're like where the hell did this come from phoenix found something here so not a lot of people are talking about him but he's going to be the solidified fifth starter and i think he's going to be possibly the difference maker between them going to the finals or not yeah and again they match up really well against the other big contenders in the west uh obviously i think memphis is probably <laughs> a bit on the downhill. We're going to talk about them, I'm sure. Oof. Like, uh, you know when you say you, like, shoot yourself in the foot? Like, I think, Oof. like, uh, Memphis has probably, like, nuked themselves in the foot. Like, they just dropped a grenade and, like, oh, sat on it. Oh, man. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You completely blew that one. Why? Yeah. John Morant is literally I mean, shooting his way there. <laughs> yeah, he's got a gun. Like, come on. You can't I mean, say hold nuke. On. He's literally had a gun. You don't have a gun. He's just... Just go flaunting. Your, don't go flaunting your gun. No, it's the states, man. Most Stupid. of these guys have guns. Yeah, whatever. All I'm gonna say is you get like they've had probably not even the week from hell, the day from hell overall yesterday, uh, and this team is likely just not like even with the trades that Phoenix made, with the developments um, in terms of the rest of the West, uh, they were probably a team that was facing an uphill battle and. I really think they're not going to make it likely out of the second round. Definitely not. I think even the first round, they'll probably might have a tough matchup. And I, I could see them going seven games and possibly losing. Like, they're just not that strong of a team to overcome that much adversity. And um, and then Phoenix matches up well against them. They match well up against Denver. Um, I think the other issue is who's going to be the backup center behind... Uh, Aiton, if he gets into foul trouble against Jokic, that would be like the big question mark because Bismack just doesn't have the size or smarts to play with Jokic or against Jokic. Um, so yeah, like it will be uh, like Phoenix is in the driver's seat and just stay healthy. 
<laughs> I think their biggest issue, honestly, is seeding. Because right now they're scheduled to play Golden State in the first round in the 4-5 matchup. And that honestly is their worst matchup out of the Western Conference. Because, you know, I think they matched up well even without Durant, um, you know, before the trade with Denver. Because they just have Denver's number. Like the way that they run offense involving Jokic in every single play, basically. And now you have Durant to be able to exploit that too. Like Denver does not want to see Phoenix in the playoffs, I don't think. Just like the Clippers don't want to see Denver. And, uh, you know, I think having Golden State in the first round against a team with that much continuity versus a team that has 20 games of continuity could end up, you know, um, putting Phoenix out in the first round potentially. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Denver's 2-0 against Phoenix this year, guys. I'm just saying. Yeah, but you got to look at who was playing in those games too. I watched one of those games, and uh, I think a lot of the Phoenix players were missing, and they still almost beat Denver. And, uh, you know, you could talk to Denver's, like, they've, they've had, uh, you know, conferences with Denver's players, had interviews with them, and they all say the same thing, like, Phoenix is our toughest yeah. matchup, because <laughs> Phoenix just knows how to run offense against them, which is easy, because <clears throat> you just run it against one dude. Yeah, I think also the foot speed that Denver has, um, that's their biggest issue. Like, they have a, a few players that, not a few, like, a lot of their starters are just, I don't want to say slow, but, like, they're just not as fast defensively. You just mean Nikola Jokic. No, Jamal Murray slow. is not Jamal Murray is not a fast and like a good defender. Like I'm sorry, in that Chris sense. Paul like, is he not plays... gonna beat Jamal Murray in, in any type of race. Jamal running but backwards they... is still faster than Chris Paul running forwards. Let's be real here. <laughs> yeah, but Yeah, but Chris Paul tries and Jamal Murray doesn't. Does he? <laughs> Jamal Murray doesn't play any defense. Yeah, he's he's bad. Yeah, and and I, I would also, again, like Michael Porter Jr. is not laterally quick. That's like they, they just have like players that one on one. You just don't expect them to win those matchups consistently, uh, especially against like elite players, like players like Booker, players like Durant. Like they just like they just can't match up just physically with some of those players defensively. I mean, sure. I didn't know that we were going to consider Devin Booker like a top-notch defender or anything here. But No, okay, no, not sure. defender. I'm saying on defense, they don't have the lateral foot speed or like, like speed on defense to guard some of these players. You know what? I don't think it would be that much of an issue in the playoffs. Because when you really look at the matchups, it's going to be KCP is going to be covering Devin Booker, right? Two guard on two yeah, guard like, makes sense. Or Bruce Brown. Whatever, sure. Or Bruce Brown, whoever's on whoever's on the floor. And then KD is yeah. going to have Aaron Gordon hounding him the whole time. They're not going to put Porter Michael Porter Jr. on KD. Michael Porter Michael Jr. Porter is going to be on Oki. Okoji or Tory Craig, whoever it is, right? Yeah, but the problem is later in the game, once the game is on the line, they're going to bring up either Porter or Jokic or both. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're in some trouble. There. It's just the lateral foot speed. Like they just like not. It's not shaming them or anything. They're just Phoenix knows how to exploit that matchup. And one of the key exploitations they have is just like they're just a bit faster, and they can like hurt Denver because you can't really learn speed. You can't like coach speed, right? Some players just have it, and some players don't. And unfortunately, a few of Denver's starters don't. And Phoenix knows how to exploit that. I think it's more of a tactical thing. I think that, you know, Phoenix knows how to put certain players into actions where they're just going to make the wrong decision or just be like a step late. And Porter has improved on that aspect. Like that's the biggest weakness that he has on defense is just like recognizing what he needs to do in certain scenarios. So for example, if he's guarding, um, you know, a ball screen against Portland and Dame Lillard has the ball, you know, in previous years, he wouldn't step up to stop the you know the 28 foot shot off the dribble or the step in shot off the dribble right he'd be like okay you know the regular action that we normally run i'm not supposed to come all the way up i'm gonna stay back but now he's starting to recognize like okay it's dame lillard i need to get up there i need to you know push him into help defense he's starting to get these things now which is why like this has to be denver's year um you know to actually win the championship because all things are going right for them this year Porter's been better on defense. They're healthy. 
So this is the year that if they're going to do it, they have to do it now because, you know, next year you're looking at a situation where like a guy like Bruce Brown is going to get paid, hopefully by Denver. But if not, then you're losing him for nothing because you have no cap space and he's going to be a very important piece, sort of like a Kogi for, for Phoenix. Or like Crowder. And that if they're going to go the to the championship, then... <laughs> <laughs> he's not even going to play oh when it matters. God, I just had to slide that in there, huh? I know, I know. I just had to see his face change. It's like letting someone eat cake and then like throwing in some spinach right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's not ideal. Do you guys consider Phoenix like the... The favorite in the West right now, then? It sounds like you're both on board with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, again, injuries. And injuries, I, I think, just based off of, like, what's happened in previous years with the players they have, the age, there is a one in four chance. I would even go one in three. That Ooh. one of their big three will be injured and miss at least Five games in the playoffs, which is a lot. Five. That is a lot. Hopefully earlier round so we get like good matchups, but damn, that's a lot. If this one in three chance comes true. Yeah. That's what I think. Like based off of the players. Mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest thing though is like they can withstand, I think, you know, Chris Paul getting injured, DeAndre Aiden getting injured, even maybe Devin Booker, but if Kevin Durant gets injured, then they're totally screwed. Correct. But uh, I think as long as it's not KD, depending on the matchup, they would be okay for at least a couple games, depending on what the injury is, obviously. But if it's for a series, then yeah. I mean, if they're going against like Denver, for example, then they're probably going to lose no matter what the injury is. But against other teams, and Golden State, um, but against other teams, it may not they hurt They don't even need Booker, man. They got Terrence Ross on the roster now. <laughs> oh my god. Raptors let Man, that guy got... Scored 50 with the Raptors, Terrence Ross. And he got hunted like crazy in the first half to where they didn't even play him in the second half, I don't think, no, today. But, <laughs> but that's besides the point. Uh, He's made a good career for himself, though, considering he was like drafted in, like what, 2009, 10? Maybe 10, 11, somewhere around there. Former yeah, Slam Dunk career. champion, Terrence Ross. Good for yeah, him, man. Good career, yeah, yeah. yeah. Savvy veteran. Um, I'm obviously still going to pick Denver to come out of the West because, you know, homerism and all. And apparently a back-to-back-to-back upcoming MVP here means a little something. And I picked Denver at the start of the year to win the championship, so... I mean, I'm, I might as well just keep that. You also picked Minnesota to win the West. I picked Minnesota to be regular season champions, but... Yeah. Uh, Yo, Minnesota's six right now. Above 500 record. They're coming. <laughs> They're coming for a playoff mm-hmm. spot, maybe, if Cat doesn't hey. come back. Hey, if they keep that sixth spot, I might take them in a series over you're Sacramento. Crazy. You are absolutely out your damn mind if you take them over Sacramento. Hey, hey. scoreboard yesterday. Yeah, Check on it. the. Do you know how many minutes Sacramento has played in the last week? Come on, man. Two. Minnesota's been on a long trip. They just went 3-0 and on their West Coast Two trip. Two long-ass games against the LA Clippers of Paul George. Podcast P, as one of our guys has called him, and Kawhi Leonard. Come on now. The Sacramento Kings are here to stay. The Beamer should not be tired. But- the Beam team slows down from time to time, Josh. Everybody slows down. Ask Rudy Gobert. Hey, he's been good since Conley came over, though. <laughs> of course. Surprise, surprise. He needs a real point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about a real point guard, we got to address this Job Moran situation, right? Oh, man. Uh, in this past week, we've heard about him, uh, a story about him last summer beating up a kid in Memphis and then flashing his pistol at him afterwards. Uh, obviously, we remember the story with the Indiana Pacers and one of his boys <laughs> pointing it, uh, you know, a laser at the team bus. Who knows? It could have been a gun or not. It could have just been one of those stupid laser beam things. Who holds and... a gun like this? I have so many questions about his IG live, like showing his strap. One, why are you at a strip club and your shirt's off? Is that a thing? <laughs> Two, uh, like... who does hold a gun like this? I mean, Raj, you're just not with it. You're just not a gang member. Like, wh- 
Yeah. What is this? Yeah. Like, do you not know? Like, oh my god. Like, it's like he's disposing evidence or something. And it was such a small <laughs> gun, too. Like, why are you showing that off? Like, if you have, like, Bond's gold gun, then <clears throat> sure, right? But the gun that he had wasn't even impressive. No, the, the gun that he had was, like, you remember at the end of Rush Hour when Chris Tucker falls and then he pulls the, stra- the, the strap out of his boot and yeah, shoots Jim falling, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. It was like that. It was like that little, like, little anklet gun. I don't know anything about guns, but my whole point is, what the hell? John Morant, uh, get your head together. Get, get your head in the game, you know? What is this? <laughs> we throwing away money now from potential sponsors because you want to flex on your with your homies? Is that a thing? Come on, man. I mean, I did a little bit of research on this in that, you know, celebrities, they have their, their crew, obviously, and they get smaller and smaller as they get more and more successful, obviously, because... You know, you don't want to keep around people that are going to be a bad influence or cause you issues. But John Moran's the one causing his own issues here. And usually in the small group that you have with you, there's always one designated person that is likely strapped, is the guy that takes care of things in case things get out of hand. It's not the celebrity. So, and and, <laughs> and apparently John Moran grew up like pretty well off. Like his family did pretty well. I think he lived in like an upper middle class uh, neighborhood, so he's he's yeah he's from to, the suburbs yeah like he's <laughs> he's from the burbs why is yeah, he trying like to go kid. why is he trying to go from NBA player to thug like you're you're making millions of dollars like multi millions of dollars like he might be a billionaire by the time his career's over if everything went right obviously you know, well, his career like, might be over a lot sooner than we thought. I mean yeah, like, his life might be over like the the things he's doing are not beyond like. They're not even dumb, like, for, obviously, really dumb for an NBA player, but just, like, as a human. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why are you waving a gun around in the strip club, like, flexing? Like, you piss off the wrong person, right? Like, they know you're strapped. Like, what do you think they're going to do? Like, pop pop out a fucking butter knife? Like, no, they're going to hit you back with the same fucking energy, right? <laughs> and, like, it, it doesn't even have to be oh, him. Like, he could be minding his own business and one of his fucking stupid members of his crew just fucks off and pisses off the wrong person and like next thing you know he gets caught and his something happens right god forbid but like you're just like this is just like inexcusably bad like there's like okay like i thought i was in the privacy of my own home someone captured me or i was out with friends and i said the wrong thing to the wrong crowd like that's bad this guy full on thought it was a good idea to do this. <laughs> like, what is he doing? You know what I mean? Like, you know what this means? He's holding on to his career by a thread. <laughs> right? Like, oh my god. Like uh, unbelievable. Okay. And like and like shame on his like again, I I I don't I, I don't want to speak to like necessarily every adult, but like Shame on other people that are involved in his life, like his manager, his people he looks up to for, like, letting him get to this level. Like, if he's that much of a detriment to himself, like, you got to make sure that he doesn't have access to his phone, that he doesn't carry a weapon, that he stops spending time with, like, these people. It's just unacceptable. Like, he's going to lose a lot of money. He's going to lose a lot of respect from people. And people are going to look at him like you're dumb. Like, there's nothing cool about this. Like, you're just dumb. Yeah, I think the only good thing that's come of this is that uh, Ja Wick was trending on Twitter for a full day, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and all the memes involved with that. Oh, man. So ja good. Wick is good. That's great. <laughs> that is good. What a time, man. Um, yeah, whatever. We all understand the potential consequences of... John Morant's activity here. He's been suspended for two, at least two games by the Memphis Grizzlies. I assume they're going to bring him back shortly after that. Maybe three or four tops. I don't think they're going to keep him out very much longer. But, on top of everything else, Dylan Brooks received his 16th technical this year, thereby suspending him for one game. So That's like the good thing that happened to yeah. Memphis that day. True. They're going to win tonight. Uh, they really might. But more importantly, Brendan Clark tore his Achilles. And uh, not great considering 
Steven Adams is already hurt, so their their front court is thin with just Xavier Tillman and Jaron Jackson Jr. of their regular rotation in the lineup now. Rough. Um, hope I, I assume Steven Adams will be back for the playoffs, so... I mean, hopefully they should be back and, like, strong, healthy-ish? Yeah, but Brendan Clark really allowed them to play a different lineup because obviously Tillman and Steven Adams don't have the same explosiveness. They don't... Again, they're not able to guard the same matchups. Um, I, I think Memphis really lost a complete dimension with Brandon Clark going. And like, I think the casual NBA fan, the non-Canadian fans, probably look at Brandon Clark as like, oh, like a nice player. But again, he's in a situation where he has a specific role. He does it pretty well. Um, and I, I think like... There's certain matchups now if Memphis gets into, like, I don't think they match up at all well because of this injury. Like, the teams I'm thinking of, like, right off the bat, of course, I, I would say that with Phoenix, I think they'll be okay. But teams like Golden State, like, that matchup is not ideal for them now without uh, Brandon Clark. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Clark, you could look at it this way that, you know, he sort of won them the series last year when they played against Minnesota because he was an absolute monster on the glass and he made a ton of big plays in fourth quarters when they, they made their comebacks because Minnesota was in control of a lot of those games that they just choked away. Um, so, yeah, losing him, as you mentioned, it kills one of their uh, their big dimensions, one of their better lineups with having him and Jaron Jackson Jr. together. But I will say that this year Santi Aldama has played really well when he has received consistent minutes. He went from being, I thought he was like the worst player in the NBA last year. When I watched him play, he just, he couldn't do anything. It was like, how did this guy get drafted? And then this year he started and I'm like, what is Memphis doing? Like, are they tanking this year? <laughs> and then his first game, he had a double-double and I'm like, what, what just happened? But he's been really solid this year and uh, they're calling him like, Big Spain or something like that now. Like they're making reference to like the Gasol brothers in Memphis. So come on, man. Good for him for come having on, a nickname. Yeah, I mean, respect. for good enough to be having a nickname. Uh, that's, that's a good thing. I shouldn't <laughs> be doing that in Memphis. Not when both Gasol brothers went through Memphis. Yeah. Come on, yeah. man. It's disrespect. No, Call sure. him like Junior Spain or something. It was something like that. I can't, it wasn't Big Spain. It was something like in reference to that, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, like now with the announcement that uh, Coach Jenkins basically said that John Morant doesn't have a timetable for his return, that he's working on his life, I guess, basically. <laughs> I mean, as a fan of the game, I really hope he's back sooner rather than later. Because, you know, you want to see Memphis at full health before the playoffs start. You want to see like a Memphis team that can actually compete. But this whole situation and Dylan Brooks just being a fucking idiot maybe pushes them in the right direction this offseason to where they make the changes that are necessary to actually build a true contender, right? Because they're sort of like in this gray area right now where they're not quite a contender, I don't think. They're like a quasi-contender. And they're probably like one or two moves away from being like a legitimate contender. Like they have the pieces there. They, they have their big three. They just have to figure out the rest. And they need to let Dylan Brooks go. Because watching them play, like, just to get away from John Morant for a second, watching them play and him shooting, I think he's, like, shooting, like, 39% from the field this year, just like every other year. But in the playoffs, he's so much worse. He just doesn't know that he's a role player. Like, nobody's told him this. And then you interview the, the players <laughs> on the team after the game, they're like, yeah, we believe in Dylan after he shoots, like, 3 for 14 in last year's playoffs, and they just did nothing about it. He still does the exact same thing this year. He still takes the stupid shots. He thinks he's a superstar player taking, like, 15 shots a game when he should be taking five. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, you, have to, you have to say that he's your guy, though, if you're on his team. What are you going to do? Be like, no, nah, man, Dylan's got to stop shooting. We can't yeah, have that Dylan's, in the playoffs. Come on. Dylan's chucking, you know? Like, he's overshooting. <laughs> I don't know. Just, just the way that they said it after the game, it's like they wanted to be taking these shots, and the guy shot, like, two for 19 in the game against Golden State. Like, come on, man. Get him off the team. Yeah, he's not... Again, he's just not winning basketball. Like, yeah. There's just something that hasn't clicked, and 
and I don't think it ever will for him. And it's not like his style of play, again, he's not going to be that star player, but he can have a role in the NBA, like a specific one, probably a smaller role. Um, And he could probably do it like an okay job. No, I believe he can have a small role on a team, probably not a championship team, but, uh, but it just hasn't clicked for him. Hey, you were wrong about Santi, right? So I am not wrong about Dylan Brooks, though. His role is to be a <laughs> chucker on a bad team. Like, he would be perfect in Detroit right now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of players would do well in Detroit right now. <laughs> like, like James Wiseman. Or Marvin Bagley. Yeah. Shots oh, my them. God. I still believe in Marvin think- Bagley. I feel like if they, like, fused both those players together, they can get, like, maybe a half-decent starter. I mean, they'd get Marvin Bagley, but with, like, three extra inches. <laughs> They're the exact same player. Let's be real here. I, I, I think Detroit's idea is, like, if we take on, like, five flops, draft flops, maybe one of them will actually turn their career around on a bargain. I mean, it's a smart like, idea while you're, you know, rebuilding like they are, right? So yeah. why not take a shot? Shoot. Yeah, man. Yeah. Shoot your that, shot. Trust the process. Going back to Dylan Brooks, that's his motto. Why not take a shot? Also, how are you 26 years old in the NBA making as much money as he does and still have as much acne as he does? Come on, man. That's, let the man be. He doesn't be. shower. Let the man be. <laughs> doesn't shower. Yo, adult, act, adult acne <laughs> is a thing. Come on now. It is, but... I'm not throwing shade um, on that. <laughs> like, come on, Oh, come man. on. There's got to yeah, be some you... skin doctors in like Germany that can help him. Come on. And I also think the other issue for me is just like, Dude thinks he should be shooting the ball more than Desmond Bain. Okay. Is, and that, the other is thing, that his fault or is it Desmond Bain's fault? No, it's not Desmond Bain's it's fault. It's the coach's fault, first of all. <laughs> yeah. But second of all, Dylan Brooks is fat too. Like nobody's ever even brought this up. Like he's he's fat. Like that's why he's able to guard some of these dudes. Like he just nobody can go by him because he's like 240 pounds. He's like 65. No, he's not fat. Okay. He's fat. He's, Look a picture of him he's got a double chin. Like Stone Cold. He's not fat. He is fat. He has a double chin. I saw him wearing that wife beater. Like he's got a he's got a stomach, man. He does not have a stomach. Okay, he he's not Kendrick Perkins. To, for an NBA Welcome player, he's Josh got a stomach for Cohen sure. Podcast fat shaming, <laughs> <laughs> fat and acne shaming, hosted by oh Josh Cohen. God. Jesus, Christ, Josh is man. trying to look for like the uh, the most aesthetically pleasing players. He doesn't care about how they play. <laughs> I'm going to get canceled after this podcast. <laughs> so I love Serge Ibaka. Oh, man. Okay. Um, top six in the Western Conference right now. We're looking at Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, Phoenix, Golden State, and Minnesota. Uh, Dallas and LA Clippers are seven and eight. Which of those last four teams that I named? So Golden State, Minnesota, Dallas, and LA. Which of those four do you guys see in the last two Secured playoff positions. Golden State and the Clippers. Hmm. Okay. Josh? I don't agree. I think Golden State's going to make it in the fifth spot. Uh, sixth spot. It's a tough one. Uh, I mean, Cat's going to be coming back soon, so I think that has to factor into things. That Minnesota's going to... That's going to shoot wait, themselves. For them, yeah, for them to go to ninth? Yeah. No, I, like, they're going to get worse with Cat. For Cat sure. Played all, how many games has Cat played this year? Like 20? I don't know. I, I think that they might integrate him pretty well in this lineup just because like Conley is a good point guard who knows how to run an offense. But at the same time, they have a really tough schedule. So I think I'm going to go with Dallas in the sixth seed. And then... Honestly, I could see the Clippers missing the playoffs. <laughs> I would not be surprised at this point. Yeah, I mean, they've lost five straight. Obviously, they lost those two against Sacramento, which really plummeted them too, right? Especially considering they're trying to chase Sacramento in their own division race. But not great, Bob. Not great. And uh, Russell Westbrook, I'm going to go ahead and say it. He's not as bad as he was with the Lakers. Uh, No, definitely not. I think he's providing a lot of energy that this team needed because these guys look like they're sleepwalking the whole way through a game. And Russell Westbrook, is and so hilariously Mason Plumley are the only two people who actually run on this team. I'm just saying. Putting it out there. Yeah, but the problem with the Clippers though is they just have to pick a pathway, right? Like you either have to start Russ and then start Batum with them 
So you actually have the middle open. You can't play two non-shooters in today's NBA, right? Like you can't have 100%. Russ with Zubac or with Plumley. You got to make a decision, either start Terrence Mann with Zubac, which is what they should be doing, or start Westbrook with Batum and then have Zubac come off the bench. Zub's going to start. Zub's too good to not start on this team. Then Rush should be coming yeah. off the bench. Like Rush should be the change of pace point guard that comes in. And if he's doing but well, who you, you play him. Hmm? Who are you going to start? Eric Gordon? No, Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann? They were playing really Terrence well, Terrence Mann, Mann before he got uh, they, demoted. They did, but he's not. Like, he, I don't think he wants to be a point guard. They're not comfortable with him being their point guard. Because he's not a guard. I mean. Dude, he doesn't know how to pass the ball. It's like making Desmond Bain your point guard or Jalen Brown. Like these yeah, guys but aren't point guards. You don't need the point guard to be handling the ball that much when you have Paul George and Kawhi in the playoffs, right? Like you just need the guy to play really good True. defense and play within the team concept, which is perfect for man. And the exact opposite of what Westbrook does. Hey, Westbrook no tries, me. okay? Come on. Yeah, he tries he to sabotage the team. Don't be rude, Josh. Come on, show some respect. Former MVP, Russell Westbrook here. Okay, so what is the better scenario? The Clippers playing a fully healthy New Orleans Pelicans uh, team in the play-in and getting eliminated and thus missing the playoffs, making that trade a complete failure, or them getting in, getting like the eight seed, playing Denver in the first round, and getting beat for nothing. Uh, I mean, I'd rather make the playoffs if I'm them. No, no, no. I'm, yeah. saying, I'm saying for us looking at it from a fan perspective, still, what I, would we enjoy more? I, w- I, I want to watch them the to play the... Yeah, I want to watch them. Yeah. New Orleans, again, has been a bit of a flop, especially because of Zion not playing. Ingram was injured for a big part of the year. Yeah, I'm I'm good on New Orleans. I'm good. They had everybody fooled last year because they went like 8-0 or 9-0 or whatever their record was going into the play-in. And everyone was like, oh my god, the Clippers are amazing. Wait till they get Zion back. And Zion's never coming back healthy, so good luck with that. I'm out. Well, I'm... Next pod, we're playing a game. More likely. Is Zion more likely to come back? Or is John more likely to <laughs> clean up his behavior? Like, is, is, is We're going to play a game. That's a warm-up. That's a tease. I'll, I'll come up with a few statements. What's more likely to happen? Or maybe who's more likely to come back this season? Well, Jaw's coming back this year. Is he? For sure. Ja, they're not yeah. going to suspend Jaw that long. Okay, come on. It may not Dude be their choice. Dude has a new shoe coming out. Dude, it may not be their yes, choice. Like Bobby Marks went on Twitter the other day and pointed out there's language in the CBA that if you're caught with a weapon outside of whatever city that you're in, or something along those lines, like the, the, the league can suspend you for multiple games. So I think that's what's happening right now is like maybe they're just doing this quietly. But beyond the two games that the Grizzlies already gave him, like the NBA hasn't done anything yet, right? So maybe that's the no timetable for his return comment that he made today is that the NBA is like yeah. behind the scenes telling them like you need to sit this guy out for X amount of games. He's coming back. He's, He's coming back before his He was an all-star He's... starter. I Brand so. new shoe, Powerade like lead spokesperson. I know. Powerade literally is like, fuck this guy, cut him out right now. Like what an idiot like let's just end the pod <laughs> Yo, clip that. you know that was hilarious you know, you know in wedding crashers when owen wilson goes to visit will ferrell and will ferrell goes to like pick up some yeah exactly that's exactly what i was thinking of. Like, what an idiot what an idiot <laughs> that was perfect i'm oh, done i'm over oh oh man that was great josh do you have any stats corner Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. One moment, please. Also, this series I want to see. I want to see the Knicks play the Celtics. Because the Knicks seem to own them. Oh, I would love that. That would be fun. The Knicks Especially are... with Brunson. Dude, yeah. they're beating them the right now without Brunson. Are they? They're up? They're up eight points. Jesus. No, three points. Oh, three five. points. Three. Yeah. Three. Well, that was quick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, and they're in Boston. Wow. Hurry up, Josh. I want to go watch this game. All right. Uh, so we have 66 players that use 15-plus half-court possessions per game. So 66 players that use at least 15 half-court possessions a game. 
Can you name the most efficient players in the half court with at least 15 plus touches per game? Kevin Durant. No. Get out of here. We you must have not What's the minimum touches? Wait, how many touches? Sorry. 15 plus half court possessions a game. It doesn't say what the qualifying number of games is, though, so maybe that's okay, why. Okay, Jokic. Yes, number three at 1.16 half court points per possession. I'm still confused as to how Kevin Durant is not on this list. Sorry, Durant is on the list. He's number four at 1.15. I was looking <laughs> oh at my list God. to start. <laughs> sorry. No, this guy. I thought he didn't qualify for a second because he didn't play enough. So sorry Come about on, that. Come on, man. Um, I, I assume Luca's got to be on this list. Surprisingly, no. never let's score the no. ball. He's not that efficient. He's a high volume. True. Man, yeah. Luca. What about Sabonis? Uh, no. No Sabonis, huh? Number uh, one should be easy. Demar... What? Number one should be easy. I just said Demar. It's no. Probably not. No. LeBron James? Nope. Wait, what is it? Uh, huh? Can you repeat what this stat is? 66 <laughs> players use 15 plus half court possessions per game. Who is the most efficient? So, like, who helps run the offense, like, half court offense? Who are the most, efficient, most efficient half court players in the NBA? And this one should be obvious? Yeah, I think so. You gotta think I mean, about guys who shoot the ball don't. really well. Especially behind high, the three point line. Behind? Steph. There you go. Steph 1.17. He's number one. And then you got two left. You got number two and number five. I'll go here again. Dame. Number five, 1.15. And the other guy up, is Peter. in the Western Conference play in a race. Play? You might as well just. Let me see the standings. Yeah. I know this one. I know this one. Kill it. Kill Is it. Is it Ant? Nope. Damn it. <laughs> it's not Kyrie, is it? Nope. Ingram? Nope. Whoa. Kawhi. Would you like another hint? Has, he played enough? Has Kawhi played enough? I don't know. He's not on the list. No. Oh my god, is it Laurie Markinen? There you go, Laurie Markinen, number two. <laughs> 1.17 points per possession. The wow. finish efficiency. Wow. Laurie Thank you. Truly a finisher. Now, can you name the least <laughs> efficient half-court players in the NBA? Oh, okay. Uh, Dylan Brooks? Yeah, I was going to say, we've been talking about him so much. Nope, not on the list, surprisingly. Russell Westbrook? Number one, point eight two points per possession. Not a good Yo, omen for the playoffs. Man. It's cool. He hustles. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> Probably a good guess, but no. He's uh, not efficient. So, no, not. I think, yeah, all these guys are from lottery teams. Like, you know, whatever you want to call like, it for Wembanyama. Tank for Wembanyama. Jalen Green. Jalen Green, 0. 0.90 points per possession. Number five. Kevin Porter uh, Jr. Yep, number three point eight nine. That's a great pack court right there. <laughs> uh, Lamelo. Lamelo's number six point nine zero five. His teammate is number four. Scary. Terry Rozier. Point eight nine. A very very disappointing year after a very strong year the year before. And <laughs> they lost their best scorer, man. <laughs> And lastly, one of the charges. best rookies this year. Maybe the best. Paolo? Paolo. Point oh. But hey, he's nine. been shooting. But he's been shooting shit since like pretty much the new year from behind the line. The problem with the stat, though, is it obviously factors in threes, obviously. So, I mean, he's somewhat efficient yeah. overall in terms of his two point shooting, but his three point shooting is just shooting like 20% yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Chucker's going to chuck, man. Yeah, he's gonna be a nice player though. Yeah. All right. Well, nice, uh, nice Western Conference recap here, guys. I have one else? more Jesus. quick stat for you. All right. All right. Let's crush it. Just quickly, um, 
the whole topic about we started you know before the podcast talking about Kendrick Perkins and Jokic and all that kind of stuff. Um, so Jokic, in terms of when he's on the court versus off the court, let's just see if you guys can guess how players do in terms of their difference in on court, off court with Jokic on versus off in terms of their true shooting percentage. So let's start with Bruce Brown. In terms of true shooting percentage, the overall efficiency of how you shoot from the field, factoring in everything, what number do you think he is overall with Jokic on versus off? So if I told you with with Jokic Jokic on the court, his true shooting percentage is 66. What would you think his uh, true shooting percentage is with Jokic off? Oh, I see. 43. Yeah, I'd say around 40. 49. So a difference of 16%. Okay. Next is Michael Porter Jr. What do you think the difference is? Probably 13%. 20. 12.4. <laughs> I'm really overvaluing Nikola Jokic here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just quickly, Christian Brown. Braun. Brown. Brown. What can Brown do for you? Um, for, um, the difference being probably 19%. Eight. Twelve. Oh, wow. And then I'm not going to put in Zeke Naji, so we'll go with uh, Aaron Gordon. Oh, 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 Aaron Gordon. Almost all-star year this year. Fifteen. I'll go eleven and a half. Surprisingly, only seven. Wow. Aaron Gordon creates his own shot. Should have been an all-star, man. And lastly, Jamal Murray. Oh, like 38. I'm kidding, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> it's a little much. Divide that by two. <laughs> uh, 16. Like, yeah, I'll go with like... I'm going to hover around 10. Jamal's been good. He's basically the only player that's not affected at 0.9%. 0.9. Wow. So he's yeah, not affected does at things, all. Man. Jamal yeah. does things. Jamal, Team Canada leader here. That's oh, awesome shit. Oh my god. One more. Vladko Chanchar plus 1.9 needs more minutes. Damn. He don't need Jokic. Oh, yes, he do. <laughs> Jokic is stopping him though. <laughs> sure. Sure, if we want to go in that direction, sure. Nikola Jokic a hindrance to his team. What a ball hog. Indeed. Stat tattered Nikola Jokic. Yep. Let's get him off the team. I knew it. Good stuff, Josh. I always love Denver praise, so the more you give me, the more I'm going to praise your your segments here. And uh, on that note, let's call it. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Raj, you're on that iTunes app. I know it. Josh, you're probably listening on Spotify. You seem like a Spotify kind of guy. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Hoops Corner Pod. Until next time, peace. Peace.